I can be your hero, baby. This is Tall Can Audio. Oh, it's been quite a week across the world of sports, across the world of Tall Can Audio. Back to wrap it all up for you. Get you set on another new week. This is episode 1085 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt Robinson, Rob Christie alongside. What's happening, man? 1085P. P. Oh, no. That's 1080P. Right. See, we tried this last week when you were in for actual episode 1080. (laughs) I know. Yeah. It's a long, you've you've piled a pile of shit in here, man. It's been a busy week here. That's 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Uh, all right. Uh, that's not how I would classify our guests, but. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's an extra large man in a medium shirt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fantastic, Matt. Okay. I'm loving it. Here just we are. Alienated just about everybody possible before we were even up and well, running. That's what I had asked you before. Am yeah. I going to say something that's going to alienate? Yeah. You're like every week. <laughs> Probably. But that's why we have you here on right. the show. That's it, man. We are here on uh, the cusp of spring. I believe the by the time the good listener is hearing this, it will be the first day of spring. Isn't that March 21st? Oh, no, my friend. It's, it's March 20th? It's March 20th. Okay. Persian New Year as well. Persian New Year. Yeah. ak ak to all you... Uh, Durka-durka. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all are you we two minutes in? <laughs> I'm the one who alienated people. <laughs> It's contagious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's going to be like that. Uh, we're on social media at Talk Can Audio. I don't blame you if you don't give us a follow there. Uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Pods, wherever you are. Uh, give us a follow there. As we're going to see if Rob pours another beer all over himself for a fourth consecutive week. Chances are high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you have provided the beers again, and this time with a theme. With good reason, maybe that's more of the second beer, but uh, we are working hard to move through your backlog. Well, as somebody who had a backlog, had, yeah, past tense, okay, I went out and bought more beer. Okay. It doesn't make great sense, right? Not I, really. I, but uh, over to see our friends at Evergreen. Ooh. So um, they had a new offering in time for St. Patrick's Day. Yep. That's the one right there, Matt. They had their brand new- That's how you do that. They had their brand new stout called Limerick to Lower Town. Limerick to Lower Town. Correct. So this is their uh, their stout. Comes Limerick, in a f- little, little Irish theme. Right? For sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And so- uh, I've had, I've had a couple already. Okay. So you've, you've had a few of these. I have. That was my, that was my go-to on, uh, on St. Patrick's Day. Although I did finish the evening with a pint of Guinness. Okay. And every time I have a pint of Guinness, I think, why am I drinking? Anything else. Anything else other than this. Okay. But here we are. Yeah. We'd never find anything new. So I want you to have a pull, pull on that. It is, uh, comes in at 4.2%. So it is a very traditional domestic stout. I found it to be delightful. Not and how is it in terms of its uh, its ability to to move into a sweater without? Well, <laughs> I have done quite well. All right. 
five times in and I have yet to spill anything. So, bam! Empty can. Already, yeah. Full pint glass and uh, no spillage. Okay. Uh, I liked it. Now, I drank it in-house the first couple in the uh, the brewery and they have the nitrogen. So, it's, it's... it was a really creamy head on it. Less so out of the can, obviously, because there is no widget. There is no... Right. But to me, similar to the uh, Imperial City Irish that we had last weekend, I find this to be a remarkably drinkable beer. Yeah. On first pull here, it, it's it got that kind of no fucking around with some of the extra flavor, right? No, nothing crazy in it. It's just a straight up nice stout. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so to me, if, if if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for highly drinkable, from Limerick to Lower Town by Evergreen, 4.2%. From Limerick to Lower Town. From Limerick to Lower Town. You ever been into the Lower Town? Area? Brewery? No, brewery. No, I don't think I've ever been into Lower Town Brewery. Uh, I've only been in once, to be honest with you. It's, uh, I don't know if it's taken over, I can't remember now, or if it's right beside the Senate. Right, which is obviously a senator's themed yep. bar downtown. In the market? Yeah. Maddie Lang and I went in there two nights before the Grey Cup. Oh, right. And uh, they the were night, having- the I bailed on you? Yeah. Yep. That was the, the the home of the Spirit of Edmonton, which was one of those parties they told you, you have to hit. You right? got to hit. You got to hit. So we did. And uh, it was pretty fucking awesome, to be honest with you. I don't remember what we drank at that point, but because uh, we'd already had a few here. Was that the night maybe we had Scotty Mack- in, uh, in studio. Oof. He was going there to meet, uh, Simmons. A lot of the TSN yep. crew. Yeah. And we did see Steve Simmons when we got there and you know, Steve Simmons, think what you think of him. I think the same, <laughs> he kind of was there just kind of giving a nod to everybody, having a pint and you, you're like, oh yeah, he's just a, he's just a guy yeah. with a shitty opinion. Um, Came off as, as pretty likable at the party. Yeah. As you do, right? Everybody gets a couple pints into them. You're pretty likable. Well, or, I, yeah. <laughs> I guess not always. Always not. Always. Okay. Yeah. None of the people. Yeah. I agree. Okay. But I've never been in. So I, I, I don't even know if I've ever had anything from there. I went in there one time. Yeah, no, the distribution doesn't seem great. Like it, it's one of those places you almost have to, to go. I went in there with a buddy who came up once with a, a new girlfriend seeking the seal of approval, right? Or the, got to meet the friends, right? Yeah. So we did that and um, it was one of those places that was kind of like, hey, really nice beer, really nice beer. But then the menu was like, what? I don't know what you're describing. Like one of those breweries that does like very high end, yeah. like wants to be more than. I want a charcuterie board. They saw, Well, I would leave at least knowing what that was. But lots of food that you were just sort of like, I have no idea what you're offering me right now. I've had eight beers. I'm probably just looking for a burger or some wings or Where's something. Italian right? poutine? Where do we got that? <laughs> so, um, did you, was that your, uh, look, we got a ton to cover today. We're going to get into what's going on around the Habs right now. Uh, the WBC is into the meat of it. Certainly just did, uh, Leafs and Sens in the battle of Ontario. I want to ask you about what you think the state of that rivalry is at this point, but what did you do for St. Paddy's Day? It sounds like you had at least one or two over at the Evergreen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Finished up work, went over, grabbed a couple of pints, uh, had something there. Uh, to me, it's, it's such a great place to go and just sort of sit. And they've done away with any guy. They were doing sort of paninis and whatever else, but mm-hmm. 
they've kind of gone strictly now to sort of more snack. Um, they do an outstanding dill pickle dip. Mm. You get a ridged chip and just yeah. sort of fire away just at it. have at it. Man. And it really, it's like anything else. More beers, more dill pickle dip, please. Um, yeah. And then just a couple over there and then a couple more when I got home and my elaborate dinner plans kind of went out the window and I think we settled on, uh. Dominoes. Scr- no, <laughs> scrambled eggs, little, uh, little home fries. Scrambled eggs all over my face. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. So yeah. And a couple more, like I said, finished with a Guinness. So, okay. and now that my, cause last Tuesday obviously was my. St. Patrick's Day took mm, the day Right, off March 14, just for whatever sort of, reason. Just sort of kicked it around. Yeah. And, and it was it was good, man. It was good. Now, how about your same? Before I get into something, I want to remind me to go back to that because- Okay. Because I have a feeling you're about to interfere with my flow. Yep. For so. sure I am. So. <laughs> uh, St. Patty's Day around here was good. Um, our pal Shrides and her husband Josh had uh, sent me a text earlier in the week and we'd been pumping it up for them all uh, all week around here- Asking if I wanted to, to go over and check out the Need a Beer Company's St. Patty's Day party at the, the brewery. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was the plan. We were going to roll in around four o'clock and, uh, you know, the week's kind of finished up and, and we'll go have a couple pints there, check the party out and, and see how that goes. Support our friend Andy there at the Need a Beer Company. And I had been texting and we're going to get to this in a few minutes, although maybe in a few more minutes than I thought we were based on what you've said here, <laughs> but uh I had been trading texts all day at that point with Steve Lloyd, who's in the box on TSN 1200, good friend of the show, and uh, said to him, hey, we're heading over to the Need a Beer Company around four o'clock if you want to meet up for a pint or two. He had responded and said, well, we're actually, I'm at the, the Barley Mow, Barley Mow, Barley Mow, every time, I have no idea. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to keep my opinion to myself. No, you Got to, got to hit it, man. This is, I've left the door open it's for the, you. It's the barley mow. So he says they're over there and he says, uh, is the Nita party doing any food? I said, I don't think so. They have been talking about opening up their pizza oven. That's mm. been something they've had going on on their website and talking about. I wasn't sure if it was going to be open. I said, I'll text you when we get there and let you know if there's going to be food. So we're a few minutes late and I walked in there with, uh, with Josh and Michaela and, uh, and sat down. And within like two, three minutes, we've already ordered our pint. Andy comes over. Andy's a good dude, right? Good friend of the show. For sure. He had recognized we had pre-ordered the tiers of the Sasquatch, right? He wanted, if you wanted to get your hands on that, it was going to be a limited run. Pre, pre-order that. So not on tap, still in the can. Yeah. They added on cask, right? So they okay. would pour from that. Yeah. And, uh, but because it was going to be a limited run, if you wanted to guarantee, they recommended, uh, that you jump on the website and pre-order. So we had pre-ordered our three pints of that. And we're sitting down and we're just getting into that. And doesn't Lloydy walk over? He's like, hey, didn't see you guys come in. And he'd already arrived. Uh, I guess <laughs> moved, picked up shop immediately from the Barley Mow and said, we got a couple stools saved over here at our table. That was around 4.30. I think we laughed around 10.30 or 11. It got out of hand. Nice. Fast. It was uh Congrats to the people at the Need a Beer Company who ran a great party. And for a few hours, obviously, we just, everybody took turns buying rounds and, and whatever. And it was sort of time to wrap it up, man. It felt like it was time to go. That's when Andy started showing up with the uh, free pints and yes, <laughs> dropping right. them in front of us. I think we closed down the party. I, I 
I'll be totally honest with you. This went off the rails, right? By the end of the night, I barely remember coming home. I paid heavily on Saturday for what had happened on Friday night. Yeah. It felt like one of those March 18th that you have in college, not one of those March 18th that you have in your 30s. And I... I don't want to overstate anything. I get hung over, but I usually deserve it, right? You've done a shot or two of this and you've had rum in the afternoon and then you've been into the beers and you switch back. This was all beer. I was caught off guard on Saturday by how much I was suffering. So who, so who, Steve. So it was Lloydie and his wife. Okay. It was uh, Shrides and Josh okay. and, and myself. And then by the end of the night, yeah, Andy, everyone else had cleared out. Andy was just. Sitting down with us, shooting yeah. the shit, handing over free pints. Uh, and that's where it really went off the rails once they start coming for free. Well, right. and Andy is, Andy is the. Andy's an instigator. He's an app. So I was going <laughs> to say to you, right? Because you and I have been in, in, in many different circles where you're out and you do the, you know, you're out with five people, six people, whatever it is. And you're like, hey, I'll grab a, grab yep, around. And it, it sort of morphs into everybody grabs around. Yeah. hundred percent. And then there's always the person at the end who goes, what are you thinking? And they're like, I yeah, was thinking maybe yeah. one more round yeah. would be a good idea, yeah. right? And it's sort of, it, who was that person? Or was it just Andy? It was mainly Andy. So Because yeah, he's absolutely. Yeah. Right. And most people have cleared out and we're the last one standing, sitting there. And it was sort of, uh, Lloydie and, uh, and his wife were like, well, we better hit it. And... And Josh and Shrides each have about half a pint, uh, half a pint left. And I, and you've, you and I have done this to each other a thousand times. Well, if you have half a pint left, I got time. One hundred percent. I'll crash one down, and we'll. But then by the time that person finishes theirs, now the other person has half left. You know, well, yeah. then I better get another. Well, because you're now at a point where you're not. I'm not going to sit around and wait. Well, for and you you're to... not washing them back at the same rate. So you're talking, yep. you're yep. blathering. That's I'm, what this was. I'm still quaffing yeah. pints, but Josh and Shrides kept it together. I'm like, I got another in me, and so it was on that last round where they got about half left, and I decide because I'm not the one driving. Let's, uh, I can, I can cram one more under my hat here before we get out of here. And after that, that's when Andy started bringing the free ones. And then that's where the party went off the rails, right? Is mm-hmm. as long as there's free beers coming over, well, and, we'll and, hang and, out. And it always sort of, it, yeah, it, it, it wrecks different people. Yeah. And I was surprised, man. I, I honestly was with how, if I stick to beer, I'm usually okay. Now, I don't know. I had just about everything they had on tap over the course of the, I had had the Tears of a Sasquatch, had a bunch of the Perfectum, but then it was the Opa, right? Then it was the Bijou, then it was the, oh, the Bijou. whatever he was dropping in for free in front of you. I don't even like, know what this yeah, is. Exactly. <laughs> and so it got off the rails fast, man. I've been uh, trading texts with Lloydie throughout the weekend. We both needed a little recovery time. Uh, oh. You know, dedication to today, right? Even today, two days later, playing hurt, but for you, good listener. Yeah. Here having a pint. Right? Yeah. This well, is... we had, a, this week we took care of it in the green room, which is why we're more lucid when we arrive here on the mics. <laughs> a, a little trip in, but yeah, that's always good though. It's good. It was fun. Good to catch up with those guys. Good to have uh, a couple of pints and, and yeah, Andy took, uh, took good care of us over there as well. And, and so shout out to them for a great St. Patty's Day party. Had the, the festive tunes going, all that stuff as well. Um, and Josh and I were having a good laugh that 
it was the continuous bowls of popcorn. Oh, yes. That's, that what, keep, that's what makes a man thirsty. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what they keep dropping the popcorn in front of you at like whatever. It costs them 80 cents a bowl or whatever. Pennies a bowl, Right. Baby. You're just like, oh, man, I better have another beard. <laughs> My mouth's a little dry. Yeah, so. yeah. It's absolutely right. It was a good time, man. And it's it's one of those things. Andy is that guy who who is that guy in your group who says, ah, one more round's a one great more, idea. One more. Only he owns a brewery. Yeah. And as he said here, he's like, yeah, my wife said, with your beer consumption, we need to start a brewery. And Andy's like, yes. Good call. That's what we're doing. Right. So he's living his dream. 100%, man. And so-, so uh, Shout out to them for a great uh, St. Patty's Day party, at yeah. least as far as we're concerned. Well, and, and again, we're now uh, close to six years in terms of the Anita TCA True, relationship. Man. Alliance. So, yep. So it's, it's nice. It's nice that things continue to grow and- and again, yeah, I reached out to Andy prior to the calendar and he's like, hey man, you know, really appreciate you guys always supporting. And so right. we're here for a beer. We're brothers in beer and. Brothers in beer. I like that. And so, um, yeah, no, I haven't seen Andy in a bit. Right. So. Um, He'll be happy to see you. I'm for sure. Well, cause one more person in the circle having pints. Yeah. Yeah. It always, everything is a little better. Everything, everything sort of moves man. along a little quicker. That's it. So. Yeah. That was, uh, that was good. I, I, I had a natural push out of here, but you, you got something you want to bring up ahead of time? That's. No. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. I, there, there is actually something I, I wanted to, we talked about the Oscars last week. And, we did. Yeah. And so I don't have anything really, in, you know, to say about that. Right. However, coming out of it, um, the Oscar that won the documentary of the year. Okay. A Canadian guy. Produced a Daniel Rohr, I think his name is. Sure. Anyways, it's a CNN. Take your word for it. It's a CNN production, and it's it's called Navalny. It's, it's is a, this the Russian opposition leader? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> to put it nicely, air quotes. Um, He's currently imprisoned, I believe. <laughs> for sure, he is. Yeah. He's in Russian penal colony two. Oh, right now. Couldn't even make penal colony one. No. No. Loser. Yeah. I don't even want to push him further out. <laughs> it was a fascinating watch. I watched it on my day off. I got up, poured a coffee, put some Carol Ann's in it. Yeah. Oh, delicious, my friend. Too, but if you're interested in, it's on Crave. So anybody who's got Crave, right. it's, it, now I was left with a pile of questions, right? So it actually documents him from the time he was poisoned. It actually opens with the scene on the plane from Siberia back to Moscow. Right. Where he's poisoned. He's can, poisoned. And you can hear, you can hear him and the sounds he's making as he's on the floor reacting to the Sounds poison. like Matt on just a normal flight. It sounds like <laughs> Matt on the day after St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah. actually, exactly what it sounded like. It was, it was, you know, part sheep mating, part whale. I don't know. It was okay. weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is exactly, <laughs> that's exactly what it sounded like. But that's the sound of a man dying from being poisoned. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is the reality of it. And so. Yeah, if you stand against Putin, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. And so it then leads up to his, through his recovery, his, you know, being air ambulance back from, from somewhere in Siberia yeah. to Germany and the, and the run up to his return and through his return and the flight back to Moscow and. His imprisonment and so the sounds where he's like retching on the first flight—that's yeah. got to be someone else, right? Like how how do you, 
How, somebody else is somebody else is filming. It's someone else on the flight. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and again, it's, it's not, not a dramatic re- reenactment. Yeah. It's not retching. It's yeah. actually because you don't see him. You can only. It's like somebody's filming with their phone camera back. Sure. Through the in, back in, of a seat. In, yeah. yeah. And, and so it's it's kind of this, and it's not retching. It's more this wailing, moaning thing. It's, but it's fascinating. I've poison. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it, and and it's in, the the poison was put in his underwear. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> so, so this is it, right? In terms of getting anyway, coming home from St. Patrick's Day, it's a fascinating watch, right? Yeah. In terms of the the mind of somebody who is knowingly opposing a dictator, a dictator, yeah, an authoritarian regime. And now I was left with way more questions than I than I started with, like who's funding this guy, right? Like in terms, oh of, yeah, there's always a. Two sides to every coin. For right? sure there is. <laughs> yeah. For sure there is. And they show them at a rally that's 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 loaded with with nationalists and racists, right? Yeah. And it's it's kind of that. And they ask him about it. And he's like, yeah, in, in better times or other times, would I wish it was otherwise? Sure, he said. But in in times of, of strife and struggle, my enemy is your enemy is a common foe. Right. But still, what do you do when you get into power? So there's just, there's so many questions, right, in terms of, of what happens with this and the backlash that has come from the Ukrainian community post this Oscar win, and I live right? in Russia right now. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so exactly a Russian is a Russian is a Russian, right? And, and, and Navalny, I guess, and it didn't cover this in the, in the documentary, his stance on the Crimea is not uh, dissimilar to. No, he's still a Russian. Other he's... Russians in power. Right. Yep. And so it does come down to watching it. He's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to like him because. He's opposing Putin. Right. Right. This sort the of. enemy of my enemy is my this, friend. This world sort of, you know, protagonist, antagonist, sorry. Yeah. And so you sort of, it's, it's just a fascinating watch, right? In terms of. And it's this. It's called Navalny? It's called Navalny. Okay. And, and it's, it, again, it's, it's this sort of, he's struggling through this, this, because there's periods where he's sitting down talking to the, the director. And, right. And there's other parts that you see. Him in the Russian hospital and they're trying to talk to the doctors and, and it's in the early days of COVID, right? So yeah. mid 2020. Yeah. And, and the doc, the Russian doctor is telling the wife who's trying to get him out of the hospital because she's got, they've poisoned, they believe yeah. he's poisoned by the state. Right, last place I want to be right now is, is in Russia. a Russian state hospital. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so he, the doctor is saying, put on your COVID mask, put on your COVID mask. And she's like, you mean the one you're wearing? And he's like, yeah, but he, his is just covering his mouth. Oh. It's not, not covering his nose. Yeah. It's just sort of, he's like, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, <laughs> it's, oh, it's so weird in Russia where nobody had COVID apparently. No, it's weird. Um, anyways, I had a pile of questions at the end of it, but a really, you, you sort of root for the guy. And at the end, you sort of like, oh, I don't know, but what about this? And what about that? But it is, if you're interested in all that. And I know you are yeah. in terms of the political intrigue. For it's, sure, man. It's real life. And and the and the, the concept of why would you go back? Why would you go back to a country you know you're going to get arrested as soon as you get back? Well, I guess if that's the point you're trying to make, right? Or if you're 100%. trying to be, but yeah, it's, you know exactly what's going to happen as soon as you land. You I mean, can't be a martyr from outside the country. No, that's and, right. And, and it's that, it's that constant talk of, of that's. Russians have to fix that Russian problem. It, it, it can't be. And they're not super interested. Right, right. But whoever it is, right, in terms of whatever your country is and whatever your problems are, you can have external aid 
mm-hmm. the reality is for any kind of revolution or any kind of of change within a country has to happen organically from within the country. That's and right. so I guess his feeling is, because it never really goes into it, but you look at uh, Nelson Mandela, and I'm not comparing Navalny to right. Mandela, but that's a guy who spent 28 years in a South African prison. Yeah, you got to be prepared to actually. And, and became president, yep. right? And so yeah. you wonder if, if, you know, if that's the concept and it's never really addressed in it, but they have the film footage right up to them trying to land in Moscow and they couldn't because the people were there. We saw that footage when it happened. Uh, they had to fly on. Had to, to go and land somewhere else. To land somewhere else. And then of course, when you're trying to clear customs. And yeah, yeah. Whoosh. But anyways, just uh, a really, the Russian problem is uh it was a fascinating watch. And so if anybody's interested and I would highly recommend it. Navalny on Crave, we'll, uh, we'll link to it in the uh, show notes. Um, to lighten things up a little bit, the, uh, same guy spent St. Patty's day with, uh, the reason I had been texting with him is because, uh, his show in the box, on TSN 1200, taking a shot or two at me on Friday morning. Were you listening at the time? 11.30, Friday morning, you happen to hear this at all? Friday morning, yeah. I did not. So I got some audio here, clipped up what's happened. And uh, this is the night before Leafs and Sens, and that's always a rivalry game up here. And this is one of the things I want to talk to you about, not just not just the game itself on Saturday night, but the state of the Battle of Ontario right now and whether or not it is still the rivalry that we want it to be. But at about 11.30 on Friday morning, they're taking uh, text messages from the good listener. And uh, this audio comes courtesy, like I said, of In the Box on TSN 1200. And this is friend of the show, Steve Lloyd, reading a text from a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. I'm going to play that for you now. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, it, it is a Leaf game coming up. Do you want, you want to hear everybody from uh, an, an obvious Leaf fan? Okay, here we go. You guys need to stop talking about the Sens-Leafs rivalry. There's no rivalry anymore. The Sens have been irrelevant for too long now. The Sens fans are the only ones who think this way. It's all you've got. Playing the Leafs has been the only relevant games the Sens have played. Leafs players and fans don't care. Hopefully someday the Sens can compete again and renew the rivalry. But until then, let your hatred continue. But don't call it a rivalry. So this was uh, clearly, obviously, a a Leaf fan who says the Sens are too irrelevant to care about. And it, it, it borders closely frankly, on a stance I've taken a few times, right? That the Sens right now only get up, not only get up, because they've had a better year than some would have predicted and whatever. But they, going into on Saturday, and frankly, Saturday, they played pretty well, um, but had beaten the Leafs twice, right? Once. Was it only once? They played. They, they lost game two to the Leafs, 3-2. With a, or 4-2, but it was with a last minute goal. That's right. That's right. And then they beat them 6-2 rather soundly in the... 5-2. Maybe 6 I don't care, honestly. That, this is not one of those things I want to get Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and so that's the Samson, Samsonov having to play the night when he thought he was off. That's right. Murray had twice. Yeah. The first game, game two. Yeah. Then the, So last night was game three. The fourth game is April 1st. Yep. So the... So there is another one to come, yep. but this is a conversation that is always ongoing. And I, I felt like that text that they were reading, and maybe this reflects on me a little bit. I don't, I felt like that 
was kind of douchey. Like, this isn't a rivalry until you're good. The Leafs were terrible for a decade. Yeah. And I'm not sure the rivalry is what we still think it is. I want to ask you about that in a second, but there's a couple more clips here I want to play first. Because Lloydie, Lloydie's hosting. He's on there with Creech. And I just, I after that particular text, I texted Lloydie, and I was just going to leave it there, and said, oof, that guy hurt us. Right? Because that's not a good look, right? He, he came off kind of douchey. But I just sort of felt like <laughs> Creech is not going to be able to resist this. Right, like Creech, yeah. Creech is a little more emotional about well, his sense. Creech still, you know, he talks about I'm no longer a fan. That guy's got hardcore. Creech sense is pajamas. a bit of a fan. That's yeah. right, and that's okay yeah, for sure. It is, it, but but you can't distance yourself from that. And so I want you to listen because there are two different responses here from Creech. I'm going to play the first one, and again, at this point, it's important. I, I got to put it out there. I've engaged, right? But only with Lloydie. I sent, I don't text the text line. I text them direct, directly because yep, I'm one of those douchebags. Well, you're an insider. Right. And I don't expect my shit to get on the air almost ever. I just text them in response to some of this. So all I've said at this point is to Lloydie, that guy hurt us, right? Because I was embarrassed by that particular Lee fan uh, text. And I just sort of had a feeling Creech would have something else to say, and he would take it in almost more of a, I'm going to respond on behalf of the fans kind of way. And of I think that's what happened here. Here's Creech's first response to that guy's text message. I, I love those irrelevant texts though. Like, oh. like they, how quickly they forget the, how irrelevant they were to get to this position. And that position, might I add, hasn't gotten you through the first round yet. So I don't know. That, that's quite cocky attitude for uh, a franchise that has, has did the, the exact same thing to get to this point, and they haven't had any success yet. So it's important to Creech... <laughs> To throw that elbow a little bit, right? That, hey, you haven't done shit. You, you, you did the exact same things and you haven't accomplished anything. And that's fair enough. The Leafs haven't gotten by the first round yet. But his response comes about two and a half minutes after the, the first text. Lloydie has done his thing, right? It's it, Lloydie's stances. It's always a rivalry when the Leafs were down and the Sens were up. When the S- Leafs are up and the Sens are down, it's always a rivalry. And, you know, he's trying to kind of, you know, even-handed host the show or whatever. Yeah. Creech, Creech wants to kind of give you the, hey, you did it. And you haven't won shit yet. And he's right, but it comes off as more of a fan. And that's okay because I'm a fan. Yeah. No. Oh, see, I got it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Creech, a few minutes later, has another response to the exact same text message. He pulls the conversation back to. Well, just, just I, imagine being in that fantasy land where that's your opinion right now and just forgetting where you came from and where you haven't gotten yet. So at this point, <laughs> I text Creech directly. And I just said, you couldn't help yourself, eh? Like you, you had to. And he responds with just the bomb emoji, right? Like he's he's blowing up Leaf fans. Like, All right. Dropping bombs, yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah. And so I responded to him and I said, that particular Leaf fan was douchey, right? Bad look, bad whatever. But, you know, it's, it, it, it's to me, the rivalry isn't what it once was, is what I said to Creech, right? Like, to me, they haven't been good at the same time since, what, 04? Yep. So the rivalry has suffered a little bit. And so a few more minutes go by, and uh, Lloydie's getting ready to wind down the, uh, the subject, and, uh, and Creech decides, like I said... My text message to Creech said, 
that guy is a douche. But yeah, the rivalry's off a little bit. And Creech has taken that and decided to paraphrase. Oh, the our, our buddy Matt Robinson has texted me. He's like, you're bang on. Like, you guys are bang on with this, this talk. The Leafs were no. horrendous. The Leafs still can't accomplish their goals. He's like, you guys are bang on. And he's a Leafs fan. Well, Matt texted me also once and said, oh, that guy hurt us. <laughs> us being easily fan. <laughs> Matt's not happy with that particular Leaf fan. You should take his card away, Matt. I was paraphrasing too. Matt didn't exactly say what I said. Well, Might I be imagine. expanding on the truth to make it sound better. <laughs> so, so I got it. I love Creech. He's got the mic at that point, right? He's on the radio citywide. He's going to frame that as, yeah, Matt agrees with us, Matt. <laughs> that the Leafs can't accomplish their goals or whatever. And, and so I did text Creech ahead of tonight and said, I'm obviously going to take that audio and... and <laughs> Got to rephrase it a little bit. Got to correct things a little bit. But it's fun, man. And I, I want to ask you, before we get into Saturday night's game specifically, in your mind, what's the state of the Battle of Ontario as a rivalry? Is this something that you still give more credence to than a normal game? Is it something that you still think is alive and 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 well as a rivalry? I, I should say, again, I, I had to cut it for brevity there. Lloydie says this is still a rivalry. It is something that that is developed over time. It's geographically related. And this guy who has texted in has painted the opposite picture of what he tried to, right? When you come in and say, you don't even count, you're irrelevant, you don't matter. If you took the time to text a radio station and say, you guys suck, it's probably because you still care a little bit, right? What do you think of the Battle of Ontario in 2023? It's a skirmish. It's a skirmish. It's a skirmish of Ontario. Yeah. Okay. Um, watching that game last night or Saturday night, yeah, it was tepid, I think is in terms of the heat that, that the rivalry used to have. Mm-hmm. Now, do we have guys jumping into the benches? Do we have guys trying <laughs> to run other guys' heads through the dasherboard? Um, no, no, no we don't. And, and do I think as it works forward from here, as, as Ottawa starts to ascend, yep. right, to where the Leafs are? Yep. It will be, it it will become great again. Um, I think the problem is, and and I I think what that guy was trying to say is, you know, postseason success or not for the Leafs, yeah, the Leafs have been good mm-hmm. for five or six years. Yeah, Ottawa has not. Right, and and it's and when you go to Toronto. Ottawa beat Toronto in Toronto that last game, and, mm-hmm. and then it was a close one in the first game. Uh, I think Sheldon Keefe on on Saturday night said, "Yeah, Ottawa gets up, you know, and, and this is a hundred percent, yeah. which is kind of a backhanded thing, you know. They're shit birds, but they kind of get up to play us. So right. um, that's kind of how you feel when you listen to that comment. But Creech isn't wrong either. Okay, but so where I'm going with this okay. is the this is not the same rivalry in Toronto." at the ACC or Scotiabank, whatever it is now, yeah. as it is here, when you have 9,000 Leaf fans in the building. It was loud, eh? Well, and most times you hear, go, go, right? Yeah. It was sort of, there was a lot of early, especially, it was a lot of- First you could, period. You could really get the the Leafs. 100%. Or at least the LE, there was, <laughs> it was heavy leans, yeah. right? It was, it was, now less so the more the game went on, but early on- Yeah. It was strong. And so that's what, in a, in a Senators fan's mind, keeps this rivalry, f- you know, front of mind. Because there is, you are dominated when a Leaf goal goes in and they're announcing, even in the understated Trache way of an, of an opponent. John Trache's. 
awesome at his job. And, yep. yeah, he's and saying, you know, uh, leave school. Yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you, ah, you, hear the, <laughs> you, hear the, you hear the crowd. It's loud. For, yeah. And so it, it is for a Senators fan, you hate that. Of course. And so not only do you hate what's happening on the ice, you hate what's happening in the stands. And so that's what makes the rivalry real here. That doesn't necessarily happen in Toronto, whether the games are tight or not. Right. You aren't dealing with that mixed fan base in your own barn. No. And it's interesting because like I've come on here and said, and I kind of stand by it. Like there are times where it does feel like throughout the week leading up or whatever, that Ottawa has a bit of a little brother complex. And when you live in between Toronto and Montreal, it's a lot of oxygen. It's probably hard to avoid. And so when I say that the conversations like we just played between Lloydie and, and Creech, who, who we love around here, that conversation is not happening on the fan in Toronto on Thursday talking about Ottawa. Right. Yes. But that doesn't mean that the rivalry is completely dead. But I do, I think the rivalry is in a bad spot just because it's been so long since both teams were good, right? Toronto was awful for what? 10 years. Like 06 to the Matthews draft is 2016. So yeah, it is. It's 10 years. Yep. Toronto's irrelevant. But when Toronto would come in here, they come two, three times a year. Obviously, people save up their pennies and they go to that game if they're Leaf fans in Ottawa. Yep. And you kind of keep that feeling alive. Now Toronto has been good for quite a while. And Creech is right. Like, but I knew he wouldn't be able to throw that. You, you haven't done anything. He's right. He's yep. right. But that's a fan reaction, right? right? But what is the what is the purpose of a rebuild? Is it to have a hundred point regular seasons and not go anywhere in the playoffs? No, of course no, it's and, not. No, and I'm even removing the Leafs from it. It's a failed experiment if you don't have postseason success. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. And and so keeping it on this particular rivalry. Yep. Yeah, I I, I think Ottawa is 2017. That's the first year of the Matthews, Nylander, Marner experiment. Ottawa goes to the conference final, right? Like, it's a good run. I think we've talked quite a bit about this particular rebuild for the Sens afterwards, having been botched and having a couple of false starts. But I, I, I think that hurts the rivalry, right? Because I, I, I guess if you wanted to, you could say in 2017, right? That's the year, or 16-17. Yep. Matthews. Scores four in the first round. Hit him with the four. Hit, yeah, hit him with the Austin Matthews, man. Ottawa ends up going to the conference final. That's maybe the only crossover year of this generation, right, where you could go Toronto's sort of good, right? They ended up making the playoffs when they weren't expected to. Ottawa goes to the conference final. Since then, Ottawa's been in a bit of a tailspin. Toilet, but ev- Matt, toilet. But everything before that 2016, Toronto was the one in the tailspin. So to me... I don't think I agree with Lloydie that the, the, the rivalry is as strong as it's ever been just because it's been so long. Like you and I remember, cause we're old as fuck that 2004 was intense. Right. And it's, it's, it's all that thing, all that, that stuff. That first, that four years together there, that is, that was crazy. It was so much fun. So much fun. But now if you're time, 20 years old or younger, you don't even like, fucking remember that shit, man. Of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they say anybody who, you know, you don't remember anything younger than five or six. Yeah. Yeah. 
So to me, this rivalry, I get it. You and I get it. We remember it. But if you're anybody at yeah, 20, 25 years old, this, you know what this rivalry is? From either side. Yep. Why would this be a rival to you? Right. Yeah. Like Ottawa's rival right now would be more Montreal. They've had a couple run ins with them. Toronto's would be Boston. Right. Like it, it's, and, and maybe Toronto and Boston isn't even what Toronto fans want to believe it is because t- Boston's done to Toronto what Toronto did to Ottawa. You, does Boston think of us as a rival? They just keep rolling over us, right? Like all these bitch, right? Like it's it's hard. I I I'm not sure it is the rivalry that we want to think it is. I think you and I are of a certain vintage that remember that as being like a huge part of the biggest part of our fandom. But it hasn't meant anything. In see, I've hated the Leafs for over four. Yeah, years. of course. And, and so back to the Norris Division days because I'm even older than you. And it's so true, to me, it is. It is a, it's a game where, like, Ottawa's out of the playoffs. Yeah. And so, but coming into Saturday night, I'm I'm juiced for that. Right. I'm whatever is going to happen. I know that Ottawa the Matt Murray thing is a factor there. Ottawa's going to bring right? a game. Yeah. Whatever's going to happen, and they did on, on a Saturday night. They're going to do the thing. Hockey night. It's and I don't care if you got a 22 year old goalie. Whatever's happening, it's going to be. A mixed bag of of whatever, right? In terms of a grab bag, but so to me, the dynamics of of the markets are what makes this more of a rivalry for the Senators fan than it does for the Leaf fan. Like to me, like I said, totally juiced for it on Saturday night. But that's my point, even right? Like, yes, Boston doesn't feel the, about us the way we feel about them as Leaf fans, right? Like, right? Does Boston think we're a big? Obstacle? Probably not right now, right? Like you got to win. Yeah, yeah. Until you get punched in the mouth, you're never really in a fight, right? And so, yeah, it, it is certainly big in this market. It's huge in this market, right? Because we are wedged in between two beasts, right? Uh, a, a beast with two backs. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> and somehow we're the in the middle of it. We're in the middle of it. <laughs> this is it, right? It's. Who's sleeping in the wet spot tonight, baby? <laughs> well, that's Senators fans right there. <laughs> so with all that in mind, then, what did you actually think of of the game on Saturday night? It was it was back and forth. Ottawa, you know, stuck with it, thought they had tied it once, had it waved off, came back, tied it again. What do you think? It tepid, I think, is the, is the word I would use. To me, in terms of it, it, it now, the NHL, I think, has changed, right? In terms of what what we really need to have happen is, yeah, Kachuk needs to blow up Riley behind the net or something, right? Like something has to happen that's that's controversial between that gets the Leaf fans initiated. Yeah, fuck Ottawa, right? Initiated yeah. in the way of the Alfie stick Chuck or sure. those sorts of running Tucker right? or yeah, yeah, but that whole you know the, it, where where Leaf fans are like fuck that guy, yeah, and fuck those guys, right? And so, uh, it, to me, it really looked at you, you looked at, you know, like to me, as we circle back briefly and, and kind of talk our way through this, as far as the rivalry goes, 40 guys who know they're supposed to consider this game a rivalry game, but have no real reason to consider it a rivalry game, right? Like they've never been through shit together, but the fans want it to matter. So it matters. I, yeah. Well, and again, I, I would even say again, the Leaf players don't see it the same way the Sens players do because... Well, they should start because the Sens keep taking points off of us. Yeah, and <laughs> well, and, and, but, but what happens is, again, Leafs are good. Yeah. 
Sens are not. Right. And you go, our building, we, we roll into Toronto and it's, you know, there's 19,000 or maybe there's 1,500 senators. Sens fans. fans punch above their weight in Toronto, but not to the same extent, obviously, is right. that's what happens. Right. Here. Well, they're louder than the numbers actually sure. are. That's right. But again, it, it comes down to, you know, there's no reason. You're behind us in the in the standings. Yeah. You're a fraction of our, our, our building on a game night. Yeah. It's not a huge deal. Whereas... Claude Giroux, who's, who's, you know, from the area, air quotes, sort of. <laughs> um, the extended Ottawa area. Yeah. Just sort of having played here as, as a junior. Yeah. Um, when he comes back and he's like, yeah, there's a lot of Montreal fans and there's a lot of Toronto fans here. And it's like, it makes for a great atmosphere, but fuck those guys. Sure. And so the play, the, the Ottawa players understand going back to the original Mike Fisher. I was just going to say. The Mike Fisher quote of, hey, let's get a goal early and get the fans out of it. Right. Right. In at, your own at, building. At home, yes. <laughs> and so that is a forever thing here, yeah. whereas it isn't in Toronto. So it's a it's a reality for Ottawa fans. It's a reality for Ottawa players. Now, in the past five years, when attendance has been shit mm-hmm. and the only games we'd sell out are Leafs and Habs games. Yeah. It's a, it's a welcome environment, right? You have nine or 10 of the hardest core Senators fans and the rest are Leaf fans. So and what do you think? Cause, uh, Steve Warren put out a, uh, a poll on, uh, on his Twitter after the game. He said, how many of the Leaf fans? Cause it was, it was loud yep. for Leaf fans last for sure night. It was, yep. it, how many of those Leaf fans do you think were local versus how many traveled? Oh, I'm saying, I'm saying there had to be a larger number than normal of travelers. See, I'm intrigued by that. And only in the sense that having gone to some games, having talked to some fans when I've been there, I wasn't at last night's game, obviously. I bet over. Oh yeah. (laughs) I I could not have made it if I wanted to. Saturday was rough. A couple people and and Warren Warren seemed to agree with them. I sort of... 80% 80% local was, was sort of yeah yeah without being there. It's just, it used to be cheaper, right? Whether you lived in Scarborough or Vaughan or whatever to get in your car, drive, get a hotel room. And, and maybe when you factor in the hotel room, it's not really cheap, but it's like, it's a nice weekend away yeah, yep. to go buy some Leafs versus Sens tickets, get a hotel room, have a nice night in the nation's capital or a nice weekend and then come back. That's over. The Sens have adopted the dynamic pricing and, and good for them. We talked about it on the show before for a while. It was like top tier prices were when Leafs and Habs were in town. And then the bottom was like Nashville's in town or Florida's in town, whatever that looks like. Right. Carolina. Right. And now it's not even that. It's not even Leafs and Habs on the top tier. It's Leafs are the top tier and then Habs and, you know, some other, you know, Penguins, Capitals, Avalanche. whatever. Yeah. I I think this is mostly local Leaf fans because it's not cheaper anymore to get in your car and drive from Pickering, get a hotel room or whatever. They have upped the prices on those Leaf Sends tickets here in town. And if you want to go, you're going to pay more for those games. And I think it's totally fair for Ottawa to do that. I'm not sure what it does to the home fan base who wants to see a a rivalry game, but it does keep Toronto fans from going, Ooh, that's a great deal. I, I'll go up and see them there instead of in Toronto. I, so I think this is majority local and I've been there when the Leafs have 
won and dominated and I've walked out chanting, this is our house with other Leaf fans. I've been there when the Leafs have been dominated and you walk it with your head down while Sens fans are jabbing at you and kneeling you and sometimes sitting right beside you. Um, it's an interesting dynamic at this point. I, at this point, believe most of the time that this happens, it's far more local than it is traveling. Uh, uh, 100%. Yeah. I was just saying last night seemed to be... Felt different. It is March break. Yeah. It just seemed to be slightly... Although it seems like the Leafs are always here around St. Patrick's Day. It does feel like... I was looking at my Facebook offers up these Facebook memories, right? And I've got... Memories. I've got like two or three different times where I've seen Leaf sends on St. Patrick's Day, the day before, the day after, right? I've got a, a Toronto St. Pat's jersey. I've yeah. busted out a couple times uh, to go check that out. So That's Garrett Spark saying... Getting smoked. What's up, Sparky? And then him saying that the team needs to be better in front of yeah. him. Yeah. I'd say that too. <laughs> and now you're and, and now you're gone. Yeah, ECHL in the um, Vegas system. Yeah, I, to me it is it is absolutely I think it's local. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I wasn't suggesting it was sixty percent out of towners. Mm. Sorry. I to me it was just is it twenty five percent as opposed to fifteen percent of right. out of town? It just felt larger. Yeah. And and what's and this is always going to be the case. This is never going to change until you get a higher. I don't know. Not uh, never. I know. Okay, but where I was going to say with this is there's a couple things here. First and foremost, it's you need to get your season ticket base. Yeah. Rebuilt. Right. If you're if you're treading around seven thousand or eight thousand season ticket holders in a nineteen thousand seat building. Yeah. Guess what. You are You're getting overrun. For sure you are. Leaf fans look ahead and go, bam, That's bam, bam. I'm yep. taking those. So you get your season ticket holding base up to 12 or 13. Yeah, you can keep that shit. Unless people turn around and sell, which yeah, some of them Yeah, but do. I think when the numbers get up, get swing in that in that fashion. But if you're less than half your building is season ticket holders, yeah. guess what, you're man? You're going to lose out. You're going to lose out. Yeah. Now you look at, there have been a bunch of sellouts this year, non-hab, uh, yep, yep. non-leaf games, yep. right? The building has been full. There has been a rebound. On a lot of nights. And when you look at it, there's a lot of young kids. Yeah. And again, they're- They're the, 20 years away from being- yeah, yeah, 100%. But you have to do that, right? You have yeah. to be good and you have to have a young fan base. Like I'm watching the, the, the Colorado game last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And when that goal, the goal gets gets called in the game winning goal, and oh, there's yeah. and there's like this eight year old kid. Honestly, man, you would you would think that it was in the middle of his favorite show, and mom's like, "It's Go, time it's, for bed. It's bedtime." <laughs> and his his face is like indignant, yeah. and he's got the thumbs down, <laughs> and he's yelling like whatever's happening. He's he's super pissed. Yeah, but that guy, that kid. Is a Sens fan for life. Up with some this, this team will continue to get better through his next couple of years. Yep. And you're like, fuck yeah, that's my team. And I'm passionate. And so it's the two things together, right? As long as you have this low season ticket sales. Yeah. It's so it's on Senators fans. To keep to, them out. To, to keep them out. Yeah. To keep them out. And not just keep them out by turning around and selling your tickets, but <laughs> but you got to get those tickets first, right? And yep. and so yeah, the the, fan, the Leaf fans are going to be there always. The Blue Circus, as I had said to you. <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a game, though. I, honestly, um, Matt Murray was the big conversation coming in, of Do course. Do you think he saw 52 shots? Did no. Did it feel like 52 no. shots to you? I think 
whoever's counting shots at the CTC was on mushrooms. I don't know if he was trying to pad the stats of some Ottawa shooters, but in exchange... I looked at it at one up, point, it was 10-6, and like six minutes into the game, I'm like, 10-6 Ottawa? Yeah, they, I think it was 19-9, they called the end of the first yeah, period. Yeah, I'm like, where I, did those shots, where were those? Right. And so I, I, I don't feel like that. Look, I don't think Matt Murray was great, but I do think when you... There was at least 40 shots on him, as opposed to the 50-some-odd. Yeah, yeah, but it's one of those things. When you see But the first goal goes in, that's a shot, two deflections, and then you're like, yeah. Because I had texted you before the game and said, four against or more in his last five games, and he ends up doing it again. Um, But the first one is a double deflection. The second one's a crazy deflection. Or the fourth one is a crazy deflection. Like, they all count. But when you're putting up 40-odd shots on a guy and two are crazy to fly, I don't think Murray was great. I don't yeah. think he was bad. Oh, they were fetting him on, on Sportsnet like, yeah. like he was going to be, like they had, like when you see a period when there's 20 shots on goal, yeah. that's a fucking ice tilter. For sure, man. And you're like, ooh, I feel like we're taking it. Yep. I did not see this. I did not feel watching it going, no, I didn't feel like we were being dominated no. either. I thought Ottawa was the better team though most of the night. Yep, I would agree. Yeah. And and Toronto came off of a very Yeah, had good, a back-to-back with Carolina. A, a very good Carolina team, yep. right? And so it was this, what are we going to see happen, right? Yeah. And, and I, you'd said, yeah, Murray's, Murray's averaging four tonight. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Ottawa's allowed 30 in the last six. Yeah. Bam. Let's that, go. <laughs> that math is not, does not work out. And what happened, Matt? Yeah. The it, final score was 5-4. Right. So now Ottawa's now 35 in seven. So, and Murray is, everything holds. Yep. It was actually that, on. how we had exchanged the checks in the first place. Yeah. Um, it's, it was, it was fun. Yeah. It, it's, and to me. Once you get to a shootout, it's just a total fucking coin flip. Well, again, with. Ottawa was a better team in the shootout. I mean, not in the shootout. In the in overtime. The, in the yeah. overtime, too. Yeah. It Agreed. was, it was, and again, another off the post and just another. Yep. And, and, you know, I, Ottawa fans can look at it and go, Stutzel and Kachuk, that's a nice, mm-hmm. it's a nice combo, right? In terms of. An, an well, Stutzla and Matthews went head to head most of the night. Like that was an interesting battle to see how that was going to go and. And Stutzla clearly has the trust of whatever you think of this coaching staff defensively, right? They're letting him play Matthews and he's done fine, right? He's kept right up with them. So. Yeah, and, he, and he's only been killing penalties really for the second half of the season. Yeah. And he's already got three shorties. Yeah. Like, you, and, and again, I think a lot of teams have gone that route, right? In terms of you get your, get your, your Bergeron, your Marchand, and you got your Marner and occasionally yep. Matthews, I believe is. Yep. So it is the way, right? It's back in vogue, like the eighties with the Oilers going, yeah, well, we're going to, here's our guys. Let's go. We're going to offensively go with this, right? (laughs) We're going to press. And so, um, it was fun. And at the end of the day, as you said, once it got to the ninth round of the shootouts and we're down into our. See what, uh, Artem Zub's got going on. Yeah, Honestly, Zub is the Zub in practice. You hear he's a, he's a bit of a killer. I don't know why. Alex Kerfoot hasn't scored in 23 games. Whatever, get out there. And scores. (laughs) Yeah. And so it is one of those things, right? And it seems like once, if if you get past your fourth shooter in a shootout. Your like, Merrick Malik. But then, you, yeah, you're down to your Merrick Malik at 16 or whatever it is, right? It, yeah. it just seems like once you make it past your three or four studs. Yeah. Then it's like, I got no idea, man. Who's next? Right. Chikrin. It's you, <laughs> get man. Get there, man. You're up. And so it was fun and it's always good. Yeah. But it it lacks a bit of the... I'm looking for more in intensity. 
I think, and, and I'm not yeah. sure, am I, am I wrong? Is that ever going to happen? Are I don't know. That? That's the part that I wrestle with, right? Is the, is it, is the game changed so much that just maybe this is the new version of an intense rivalry, right? I, I don't know. Is the shootout 5-4? Not necessarily the shootout part of it, but just as you're saying, like, I want some more intensity to it. I don't know. Brady scoring with 10 seconds left to tie it up. Like, maybe that's the extent of it now, right? Like. If there's a, a if there's a senator to hate right now, it's Brady, right? Because he's a motherfucker, right? He can score, he can hit, he can play. He, you don't like that guy. More and more, I think I'm going to put the seven on my jersey. I'm still waiting to. You just out. yeah, it just sort of gets to a point where there isn't going to be those cheap shots or those big behind the net hits. You're going to hate guys because they score in big moments or because yep. they do the things that you wish they wouldn't do against your team, but. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to see plaster scene Domi busted open anymore or Rico, Rico Pearson, baby. <laughs> yeah. Now, and, and and so at the end, Kerfoot scores yeah. and then everybody pours off the bench and they mob Matt Murray. Yeah. You feeling that? Well, only in the sense. That's okay. Yeah, what do you got? Well, it's just only in the sense that he's been ripped a few times and perhaps rightfully so. Justifiably so. For pulling the shoot. In two previous matchups versus Ottawa, right? I think during, uh, it was what you said, the second, third game of the season, um, he pulls up lame and goes, yeah, I'm not playing tonight. And he's out for a couple weeks. And then the second time, he ends up being out for like a month and a half. But again, it happens to be on the morning of the the sense. Wasn't it in the warm-up? It might have been. Because yeah. Samsonov was supposed to be. He was off. He was betting ready to put his feet up. He was. uh, got a couple of hot dogs in the blocker. Of course, man. Yeah. So. On Saturday morning this week, they call up Joseph Wall and you're like, holy fuck, what are we about to it's see? It's really happen? a night off for Sam Sonoff. We're not even going to risk well, it. Well, they didn't say that at first. We just saw Bobby McMahon, Joseph Wall called up and you're like, oh no, right? Is Matt Murray going to do this again? And it turns out it's Sam Sonoff who had played the night before and they said he's wrestling with a couple of things. I can't count on that guy to fucking make it through the warm up. And his, uh, I'm staying at home. It's his, the only way to guarantee yeah, exactly it. that I don't have to play tonight. Um, and his wife is expecting as well, Samsonov. So by all accounts, they just left him home to let him stay at home. But that doesn't come out until after. It's the first thing through your mind when the Toronto reporters start tweeting out that Wool's been called up. You're like, holy fuck, are we about to do that again? And it turns out not. And, and Murray. I don't think Murray was great, but I don't think he was terrible either. Like uh-huh. I, I understand the the four against what he gave up, whatever it is, whether you think it's fifty odd or forty odd shots. Yep, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I didn't really know what to to make of that, and and there is there's gonna be all the time, and I don't have to explain this to Sens fans. This this constant thing in the back of your mind, is he going to be there or isn't he, right? right? Like, is he good to go or not? And I, I said on the show last week, I didn't like the fact that they gave, coming off injury, Murray two in a row and put Samsonov back in the backup role. I think Samsonov's earned the right yep. to be the guy for now. And oh, if Murray takes it, fine. If Murray takes it away from you with his play, but you can't force feed it back to him, I think. I, I think I think you look at the history of Murray, right? And it's it's the... I don't know whether it was last year in Ottawa where he was, I feel a little sniffly. I can't make the home opener. Pulled the shoot. And I'm not going to play it. And you're like, what? Yeah. And then they're like, you're going to be the starter in Pittsburgh. And he's, then he gets there and he's like, nah. no, I can't play. But I want to be in the press box. Not like I'm sick, but yeah. it's, and then, and then he went on a wicked tear. Yep. And he won like six of his next seven games. 
And so you're like, I think that's a guy, if you look at that 2017 run. If, With the pens, if, yeah. If Fleury stays in the net, Ottawa probably wins that series. Hmm. But Murray comes in, in game three or four, whichever it was. Yeah. And he comes in and he stones Ottawa and they win that series. And so. Yeah, when I, he's good, he's good. But I, you just can't count on him. See, to me, I, I think there's no way in hell the Leafs lean to him first. He's a nice to-have backup option, a la 2017 I Cup think, Finals. Yeah. I think you're right, but he's got two cups. Dubas and Keith. And 40 Sue Greyhound connection, playoff baby. Playoff games. Samsonov's, I think, one and eight in the playoffs. Yeah, like, well, you better... You better be sure if that's what you want to do, right? Yeah. And well, we talked about it last week, right? As as, as the goaltending, every year, put it on the loop, baby. Your goaltending and your top four. That's, that's what's going to do this. Yeah. So after all that, Sens play one of their best games of the year, lose, and are nine points out of the playoffs. Who said that? Yeah. One of the best games of the year. I don't know. I don't know, man. I didn't Controlled all the advanced statistics. Yeah, If you right. believe the guy in the building, it's 50-odd shots on goal. I don't believe that guy in the building. Let's have another beer. I think they brought that guy up from Florida. Nice. All right. Who every fucking game in Florida has. Like, Florida's got 60 shots. Yeah. Goalie Bob. Always. Yeah. Uh, oh, Goalie Bob. No, it's for them. They're they're putting the pressure uh, on you. Okay. Like, yeah, you know what? Simmer down there, Junior. Get the fuck out, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> You say it, Avril. <laughs> um, what do we got going on this time, man? And and this is, you texted me or emailed me or whatever earlier in the week and said, got to wean you off the the backlog beers. You'll be back on. And then you showed up anyway with two pints. Well, because I went out and bought more beer and yeah. I thought, and you'd love a pint. You I, love do. A, I do. You love a stout as much as I and do. And a free stout more than any other and, stout. And I, I want, and I know you like the evergreen stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. We've uh, So yeah. I would have been remiss if I didn't bring you in, right. in a pint. But I'm being so, weaned. Yeah. But then again, I, I looked at the, uh, my backer beer, which I was going to have for the second one. And I went, yeah, all right. I'll just take these down second half. And I'm like, oh, it's a 6.7. Yeah. I should probably share that with Matt. You know, it's still a Sunday afternoon. I got people coming over. I got things to do the rest of the day. I can't be washing back multiple, <laughs> you know, almost 7% beers. So this is a winter ale since we, like I said, we are on the cusp of the, yeah. of spring, and, spring. And I just thought, you know what? I got to get, I got to get some of this stuff out. So this is the Kensington winter ale. Okay. Comes in at 6.7. So it's a brown ale, right? Which has been fortified. But they're saying with notes of, and it's this is the interesting part because it's saying orange peel, nutmeg, and a little caramel, right? Because like a little nutmeg in the beer now and then. Yeah, well, and it is malt forward, right? Yeah. In terms of what you're looking for, in terms of that sort of really nice, sort of almost sweet malt forwardness. So I'm interested in what you're getting from any of that. If you've if you've had a pull on, I again. have not yet. Been more worried about trying to get a photo here. For yeah, I know. Instagram I, I, I get it. And, and so to me, I've had the first pull on it, and it's a real. Um, it's two point five percent higher than the beer we just finished taking. So I, I get a bit of that. Okay, let's go right away. Right, you sort of have that bit of a change, a hard change in direction. But um, I do get a bit of that orange peel. You know, that a little bit of that sort of. 
intense orangey with a bit of bitterness. I am getting that from this. And so we'll see how it goes, but. Hmm. Yeah. Something else going on there too, that actually does kind of scream winter ale, right? Like, well, almost like, like the coriander or something, right? It's not, but it, it's got a little spice to it of some kind. I said nutmeg, but. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You and did. so it is. I've been distracted over here. Yeah. And so what you are looking at is in any kind of Yule brew or it's just a regular recipe that they've sort of fortified a bit, as they say, usually slightly higher in alcohol to help give you that warmth on a, yeah. on a winter day. Right. Sure. So I am, I do enjoy a Festbach or any of these kinds of, oh, um, yeah. a Yule brew of, of whatever else, but, uh. This is from Kensington, obviously out of Toronto. And so, um, yeah, we'll be enjoying this and we'll see how the takes go from here. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Toronto, later on this week, it's going to go one of two ways, but I can promise you at least one of the two. Andrew Stoughton, our buddy from the batflip.ca, nice. is, uh, is, is confirmed to be back in. And we think we're still working on making this all fit. His co-host on the Blue Jays Happy Hour podcast, Nick Ashbourne, we think We'll be with him, but we're still trying to make that happen. At minimum, you're getting Andrew Stoughton, who always brings the good <laughs> shit for the Blue Jays, but we're going to try and make sure that uh, that Nick is around as well. He recently wrote a piece for BlogTO on the greatest craft beers in Toronto right now, so it would be nice, nice. to get him involved as well. Yeah. So stick around. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're hearing us right now or uh, check out the archives. Everything's at tallcanaudio.com. All the information you need to get subscribed. We'll have some stuff, right? Some Blue Jays stuff. And I want more baseball now. It's time. Right. It is, time. it is that time of year. We'll get into a little baseball here in just a second. I want to hit you right now. 20 years ago today, as we sit here and record this, March 19th, 2003. Is that ringing any bells for you at all? Anything that might have gone on? What if I were to introduce the phrase shock and awe? Mm. So the, the, the American invasion of Iraq? It started on this day, 20 years ago. And Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf? Sure. Storm and Norman Rumack, the fan oh, 590. Schwarzkopf, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. The Americans successfully convinced Congress and the Senate. It's mainly the Bush administration. Weapons of mass destruction. Weapons of mass destruction. We will find them if we go in. Not right. just atomic weapons, biological weapons, mobile weapons biological weapon production centers. We have to get in there and stop this. Four years later, an investigation by a joint investigation by Congress and the Senate. Nothing, not a trace of any of it. Where are the white girls at? Yeah. Where are the bioweapons at? (laughs) Slightly less popular. uh, Where are the (laughs) bioweapons at? Look, man, this was a huge thing that, um... They, they successfully turned attention from, we think, bin Laden's in Afghanistan to, we think, Saddam Hussein in Iraq is in on this. And people were so fired up for war yeah. after 9-11 that we're going in. We're going to go into- Fight, 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 <laughs> That's about it, man. That was the extent of, of, course of George was. Bush's administration. <laughs> um, came up with nothing. And Remember those images that, that it was like these aerial images of these 
underground bunker things, yeah. and it was really just like tinfoil right. and over a couple of barrels. Yeah, we like, recorded this in San Andreas, California. Like, come like, on, <laughs> man. It was brutal. And I can remember, for whatever reason, uh, at this point, I'm in school down in Sarnia. And so I watched, like, live on TV on CNN. Yeah. They're like, here's the bombing of Baghdad, and... I'm in a bus station in London. I took the bus from Sarnia to London before right across from up the with Embassy Hotel. Yes, yes, guy. Yeah, got a shitty little diner with some TVs in their bus station. I'm waiting there to meet up with a friend, and we're gonna drive home. And that's where I watched the beginning of of this bombing campaign. And they called it shocking. Out, we're gonna go. Yep. And this turned out to be nothing more than try and clean up Daddy's mess from ten years earlier, right? The first Gulf yep. War. But man, it turned out to be over 40,000 American and allied lives, over 100,000 Iraqis, and they found nothing other than developing the perfect breeding ground for ISIS and ISIL that are still fucking with us now. Huge, huge occasion, man, that just totally changed. Iraq went from being a pest to being a major problem for a decade. And you had this, this sort of lingering. So 03 is when the shock and awe, and it was, it was, they were just rolling through. Yeah, we're going to blow up this third world nation. Look at us. Yep, exactly. Flex. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the number of Americans who, who are in, in the 20 years or at least up until the Trump regime. Yeah. Um, do you ever use regime in a good way? Yeah, it's never a great indicator um, of how you feel about somebody. Administration. <laughs> administration, if we'd like you. Regime, regime. if we don't. Yeah. Um, You're going in to clear out the Saddam Hussein regime. Yeah. And so it was, you know, Fallujah and all these sorts of, the number of American lives who have been impacted over the, the next 15 years after that. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a thing. 20 years ago today. Okay. Look at that. No, I was not aware of the anniversary, but. Yeah. Nothing like sitting in a London bus station watching live on CNN as you bomb a third world nation into submission. Well, and and, and I said to you, right across the street is the embassy, which is one of those, it was like a dive. Right. They called it a hotel. Okay. There were rooms upstairs. I'm not (laughs) sure if there were bed frames. I'm not even but it, you could go in there and you could still get that the, a 10 ounce glass of beer. Nice. Had a little parquet dance floor. All right. Which nobody was ever on, no. right? And it, you There's wa- some blood stains on it. For there. sure. <laughs> and you walked on it and your shoes kind of stuck a bit. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, all right, the embassy, baby. Gorgeous. Uh, in other international news, the World Baseball Classic roars on. As you and I sit here right now, we are just a couple hours away from what? You know, you and I kind of talked beforehand about topics for the show. You've sort of dabbled in the World Baseball Classic. I've been in and out on it. On Sunday night, USA-Cuba in a semifinal is going to be fantastic. The other one, Japan-Mexico. Less fantastic. uh, I I disagree, man. That's been an awesome story. The Mexicans have been fantastic. This is one of the things you see all the time in the World Baseball Classic. Without Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, who's... Sick right now for the Jays with a non-COVID illness. Non-COVID related Yeah. Got to make sure you specify. Uh, But Randy Arozarena, like there's always one guy who kind of establishes himself in this tournament. And for the Mexicans, it's been Randy Arozarena who 
is batting like 512 in this tournament. Um, that's going to be awesome. On Saturday night, man, I meant to kind of tie this all together, but I'm not very good at this. On Friday night, I did the St. Paddy's Day thing. Saturday was a little rough around here, but we had a 5 p.m. UFC card. We had hockey night in Canada at 7 p.m. We had the Americans versus the Venezuelans in the World Baseball Classic in a quarterfinal. That was an unbelievable game in Miami. I bet you we were talking earlier about what the ratio to Leaf fans to Sens fans here in Ottawa was. It was at least 60-40 Venezuela to USA in that stadium down in Miami for the quarterfinal. Um, That comes up being Trey Turner hitting a grand slam to take the Americans who had had the lead, gave up the lead. They get the lead back on this grand slam in this sold-out stadium, man. It was amazing. And that... That USA-Venezuela game in Miami is going to be nothing compared to the vibes for USA-Cuba in Miami, right? Like, the number of Cubans in Miami. In Miami is, there, is there Cubans in Miami? There's a, there's a couple, right? Oh, and they will make themselves woo-hoo. heard, I think, right? This is a tournament where we've seen some bad shit happen, right? Jose Altuve gets his thumb broken yeah, in that hand. game. Yeah, yeah, that was brutal. Uh, Edwin Diaz earlier on for the... Uh, for the Puerto Ricans. Puerto, has, is there a more baseball injury than what you saw with Edwin Diaz? Where he's jumping up and down because he won and blows his knee out? <laughs> oh my God, man. My career is yeah, over just from jumping up and down. There's never been a more 40-year-old Matt kind of injury than... I know, but uh, watching as he strikes out the side yeah. against the uh, Dominican Republic, yeah, think, yeah. right? Like a big... Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, yep. like, that's as 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 spicy as it's going to get. Well, I guess the Cuban American matchup. That's going to be huge too, man. But but they, they mob him on the and they're all yeah. sort of and, and not him. even really jumping. It looked like a fat guy rave, <laughs> and just sort of, I've been to one of those. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and it's he, not that fun. He's like bang down. He goes on the ground. And he's like, well, do you remember? Was it not Jason Arnett who got knocked the fuck out behind his own net when all the Everybody jumped into him after celebrating a goal. He was playing for Nashville. And they all jumped up together and like shouldered his head into the glass and knocked him out for the yeah. rest of the series, I hey, think. Main point of contact. Yeah. Suspendable. <laughs> for your own players. But yeah, to me, that is uh, in a sport where somebody is out from a hangnail, but he blows his knee out just celebrating him. Yeah. Well, so Diaz looks like he's going to be out for most of the season. Like this is going to be brutal. Altuve, they announced today, is at least eight weeks uh, out for Houston. Hmm? Matt's doing Matt's things. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's been like, they've taken some shit, right? In terms of the number of injuries and, oh, it doesn't even count. And look, we've been hard on this thing in the past in terms of the pitch count stuff, right? That does this make it feel less special? 35,000 people. I don't know if you had a chance to even catch the highlights for Venezuela, USA. Nope, people, people cared, man. It was yeah. loud. And in Japan, when they played, uh, it was last game of the the, the round robin over in uh, Pool D, I believe yeah. it was. Italy versus Japan. 40% of Japanese households who were watching TV were yeah. watching that game. When Dominican Republic played Puerto Rico, 60% of yeah. Dominican televisions were tuned to that game. This matters. Here in North America, we do this stuff sometimes where we downplay things because maybe we're not great at it or it seems minor leagueish. To these other countries, this matters. And 
it was incredible. Even that Troy uh, Trey Turner Grand Slam for the Americans, the 40% of American fans that were in that building went crazy. Like this is an wow. event that I don't know where you put it. I don't know how you get it to feel like it matters more to North Americans, but it does matter worldwide. You put it in you put it in November or December. That's where you put it. I guess, but people have gone home. Like are you how many like it will attendance not attendance, but like for players, will they be more interested in November? Especially if you socked, right? You played for the Kansas City Royals. Up yep. until the end of September, are you showing back up in mid-November? Yeah, so I, I... we're missing we're missing the teams in the in the league championships. Yeah, maybe that's what you do, right? Is you put it in November, and everybody else, you have the pick of the other twenty six teams, right? Right, and you build your roster that way. You don't have issues with guys trying to build up their arms or who haven't built up their arms, and they're blowing shit out. Yeah, to me, you do it like like the World Hockey Championships do. Now again, it's under it's not it doesn't have the profile. No. But right now, this to me feels like the 2017 World Hockey Cup or the World Cup in 2016, yeah, the North that, America. That's what this feels like. And I left the show last Sunday and I went home and watched Canada GBR. Yeah. Fucking garbage. It was bad baseball. Game. And I it just I fell asleep. I fell asleep watching the game. I was like this is terrible. It was. It wasn't good. And I it, it left a sour taste in my mouth. They went out. Uh, and it was almost a scheduled loss, the game they played against the Americans. They were down like 9 nothing in the first inning or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah. Um, you know, played Colombia tougher, played Mexico tougher, but we're clearly, you know, slightly behind that class of... Yep. In a very tough pool, but this... I don't know, man, watching some of these other games, I don't know where else you're going to get that. Like Trey Turner, he's played in over 40 playoff games. He's like, this is the loudest, craziest environment I've ever played in. Yeah, yeah. It it matters. And again, if if it's a 60-40 Venezuela-American split, the the 40% Americans, guess what? I showed up going, I'm going to watch a spring training exhibition game, and then I have... The Venezuelans dragged me into a fight. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Guess what? I'm swinging yeah, now. It's got real. Yeah. Guess what? I, yeah. I am. I'm taking my Bud Lights and just double fisting them. Yeah. Bud Lights. I'm never drinking a Bud Light just for the record. You'd have to double fist them. Just. <laughs> I'm wearing one of those helmets with one of them. One on each side. Just sucking them in. Exactly. Who's <laughs> wa- washing his socks in, in the ball cleaner. <laughs> I, I, I got to be honest with you, man, watching like Canada was pretty uninspiring in this whole thing. They've got some young guys and, and they were missing some pieces, but I I just, I feel like these last couple rounds, like watching that Venezuela, you know, sends Leafs for me on Saturday night, came in behind. I was flipping between the Get UFC. Get out of here. I was flipping between that, like the UFC wrapped up around eight o'clock. Was it a legal feed on the UFC? Were no, it was, no, of course not. Um, <laughs> that was what wasn't one I was going to pay for, but we may or may not get to that in a bit. But then the, the USA Venezuela game was intense. Like Martin Perez starts for the Venezuelans and he's their guy. And the Americans drop five straight singles in to start the game and are up three, nothing. They pull him. You're like, this is going to be a no fucking contest. <laughs> and they pull it back and then take the lead in the fourth inning. It, 
it was incredible baseball, man, and the crowd made it, right? And it was the same for some of these games for Japan. Uh, Otani goes five glorious fucking innings for them um, to to beat Italy to get into where they need to get. Like, this is – this final four – Like, who's in that division, though? They were China, no, Italy. Yeah, like, like, that's a – like Kore- the, the Koreans are awesome. Yeah, Korea. Yeah. Jap- Japan goes 5-0, and oh, and you're like, yeah, but who did they? Like- uh, to me, man, this was this was fun, right? And, and Japan, we don't give them enough credit for what they have in their league over there. Some of those uh, guys. J- just Japan's going to win this. I think so too, man. I think they'll take down the Mexicans. I guess anything can happen in a one-game elimination. That's why they play the games, of- Matt. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you explaining that to me. But, but to see this again down to USA-Cuba, which is going to be amazing, and then Japan, Mexico. I think this is going to be a fun finish, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's 7 o'clock on Sunday night. Obviously, people will already know that for the uh, USA-Cuba game. And then Monday night, it's it's Mexico-Japan. And then uh, championship game Tuesday. And this pitching, is about as good. Pitching for the Japanese on uh, will be uh, Kikuchi. Hopefully not for them. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, man. I'm, I'm all in on this at this point. That's a, that's a pretty... Noteworthy or or pretty enticing final four. For I am putting all my thoughts, good vibes, and energy behind the Japanese right now. Yeah, okay. that's that's where I'm going. I am I am hoping for nothing but good things for my brothers and the rising yeah. sun. With the vending machines, we can order soiled <laughs> underwear. Oh, yeah. Speaking of soiled underwear, let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, on Saturday, they were supposed to do you guys a solid day. Eh? They were beating the they were beating the lightning. That would have been nice, eh? You can't count on the fucking Habs to do anything. But you know what? Yeah. I don't. If, if I'm the Leafs, I want to start in Tampa Bay. Yeah, you said this last year. I, I, I and more than ever, and I actually firmly... we lost again. So, you know, it's, but where maybe. did where did you start? That's last what I'm year? saying. That's maybe you're maybe you're right. That, oh. Oh, clip oh, that! Oh my god! Clip that, Matt! Clip it! Who? Who's gonna clip? Nope, nope. Yeah, nobody over. Seems <laughs> wait. Seems unlikely. Uh, Jonathan Drouin. Apparently, how would you like Sergachev on your blue line if you were the Montreal Canadiens? You could have him, or you could have the glorious tenure of Jonathan or Joe. Yeah, what is that? I have no idea. All right. So uh, the Habs got pretty much pummeled on Thursday by the Florida Panthers. After getting pummeled by the Colorado Avalanche the night before. Colorado does that to people. Uh, Not the Sens. Or the Leafs. Or the Leafs. Just you, Montreal, actually. Uh, So they're going to have a meeting Friday morning. And apparently uh, Jonathan Drouin was two minutes late. I'm not necessarily buying that that was the only issue here that, that made this a thing. Years of sucking. Yeah. That's you, Jonathan. <laughs> We're talking about you, Joe. Joe Drew. <laughs> Joe Drew. So uh, they announce uh, he's going to be healthy scratched in, as a punishment for being late to this Whoops. meeting. And then somebody got hurt. Gooley, I believe. Caden Gooley. Couldn't go. It's like, all right, I guess we have to dress. And Joe Drew. Play Joe Drew. And uh, he sat on the bench, played zero minutes and zero seconds uh, while being dressed. I, I don't know. We've seen teams. I don't get that. Yeah, we've seen teams not dress a full lot. Like we've seen teams because of the cap or whatever go 12 and 7 or. That's more than 
Yeah, it's way too many. It's 12 and 5 <laughs> or 11 and 6, whatever it might be. Yeah. And uh, they decided not to do that. We're going to dress him and we're just not going to play him. We're going to humiliate him. That's the way this came off to me, man. And all the talk after the game was what a positive influence he was on the bench. He That's kept bullshit. He kept complimenting and, and, you know, pushing along his guys, keep going. This is worse, isn't it, than being healthy scratched? 100%. If you tell me you suck, Matt, and you're going to go sit in the, the press box. We have said that. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> On my own show, I've been told, why don't you just go sit in the living room? We'll take Just push the buttons. Right. Just, just let push Matt the push the buttons. <laughs> wow, that's a deep cut, right? That's a way back. <laughs> um, that's one thing. And you get to sit up and, and hide in the press box and have some popcorn. And apparently, it's the hot dogs at the Bell Center. That uh, but are apparently, big deal. downgraded. Apparently, somebody was saying they were down there in the press box disappointed. Oh, it's just like the maple leaf top dog versions now or something. It's the, the Schneider's oh, I, Red Hots or I something. I do like the top cut bun. Yeah. Honestly, like the steamy. So at least at that point, you're out of the public eye. It's embarrassing, but it'll pass. This is, we dressed you. You are available to play. You're sitting on the bench, but I will not give you a shift. It's worse, right? It's worse. 100%. And the thing is, if I can roll out, why? Caden Gooley is a, a defenseman. Yep. So why we are dressing a forward because we're down a defenseman, you want to go 12 and 5, 13 and 5, whatever. I, the the rare 13 and 5. <laughs> Um, I, I have no idea. And, and so, you know, um, had to go St. Louis. Yeah. Marty like, St. Louis. I, I was struggling with the, I was going to call him St. Pierre. Who spent the pregame hobnobbing with the other Tampa Bay legends who yeah. they were playing that night. Yeah. So he's saying, we'll see, you know, we're, we're forced into this with an injury and we'll see how we decide to do yeah, it. Yeah. We and, wanted to scratch you. Somebody's hurt. We have to dress you, but we don't have to play you. Yeah. Are you going to put him on D? Because yeah, otherwise, not. that's the Oof, only. I wouldn't. Well, that's the. Well, I wouldn't put him anywhere. No. Like that guy is a colossal. Uh, I know. He's been. A, he's, he's been through some stuff. He's and... been a super disappointment in yeah. the blue blind rouge, right? And and ha- I know I know plenty of Hab fans died in the wool Hab fans who were like, that guy's a bum. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Meanwhile, Sergachev's in the top four in Tampa. Yeah. And I, I think they're doing well. Yeah. They seem fine. I think he's went, been happy with his, with his move over there. Yeah. Uh, best time since he played in Windsor, I think, is what they mm. he was saying. All right. Um, but yeah, that is one of those things where you go, that's, that's like Branstrom for Mark Stone. Mm. Or even not even maybe mm. as bad. It's, it's. Yeah, I, I think it, it is absolutely worse if you go, yeah, we need to put him in and then you- We're only dressing you because we have to. And you can sit there in front of everybody on the bench. And yeah, you are what they, you know, you're the guy in, in between when the defense bumps up against the forwards yeah. and you go, okay, that's as far hey, as I hey, go. Hey, hey. hey, this is it. This is the middle of the bench. Yeah, good job, team. I've met, I've made it to Drew Ann. Okay, this is it, man. I'm probably not playing the rest of the third period. <laughs> this is it. This is <laughs> it. Oh, No. And so in the Jodro zone, I, the Jodro. <laughs> I think it's, I think he's done this year. Like I think his contract expires at the end of this year. Yeah. 
And what a what a failed experiment that has been, right? That, that that's a guy who you traded. He was a again Iserman managed to flip him after after drafting him. Uh, yeah, but after not you know sitting him out, sending him to, to the minors, Syracuse or wherever it was. To yeah, and then you're like, ah, all right, I guess we'll flip him to Montreal for a top four defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> you're like steal. So it, it comes that you've now had that first round draft pick kind of pedigree and you've turned it into, you couldn't flip that guy for a sixth at the draft. At the day, wow. The was deadline. he a Nathan McKinnon draft or the year after? Like he was a teammate of Nathan McKinnon. So we're going back a ways and he hasn't yet. Halifax Mooseheads. Yeah. Become, it just becomes one of those situations where. This guy isn't going to be, and he's been through some things, right? Of course We've talked he has. about yeah, that, yeah. but he's he's come back this year and it just hasn't rebounded the way they wanted it to or the way he hoped, they hoped he would. And Well, he rolled in and. He's going to be the next big French Canadian. Yeah, superstar. he signed that extension and, and he put money into the children's hospital yep. or the Montreal, like sort of following in the Subban footsteps, right. right? And he's, and everyone was like, look at this guy, you know, good guy comes back, local guy does good. Sure. Local guy does bad. On happening. the ice. <laughs> yeah. Local guy does good off the ice. <laughs> yeah. Local guy does bad on ice. And, right. and again, I, I wonder if it is, and it's well documented on this pod, right? The number of, of, of local guys who go back and they finish their, they do their retirement tour in Toronto. Sure. And how mixed the results yep. have been on that, right? And and I wonder the pressure, right, of of the French Canadian who goes, who goes back. Yeah, and, you don't do it at twenty four years old. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm just saying, and and you have all the things that that brings, right? It's it's a great town, Montreal, sure, for all the things that you would hope for as a young man. Yeah, after the game, <laughs> there is there's so much going on there, and 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 the pressure that comes with being a French Canadian in a in a hockey mad market, right? Mm-hmm. As a young, and I'm not sure, right? If he was playing in San Jose or if he was playing in, I was going to say Florida, but turns <laughs> had a shot at that. Yeah. That, that he would have done any better. And clearly he wouldn't. Right. And some guys just. Doesn't wa- always work out. Wash out. Yeah. That's it. It's just, it's not meant to be. Right. Someone will give him a shot at a million bucks a year next year or whatever, but. I'm not convinced it'll be in Montreal and it might be in his best interest for it to not be in Montreal. Can oh, you, no, for can sure. Can you get to an Anaheim or a Columbus or something Chicago. like that? See what's Chicago. Right. He's, a, he's a Black Hawk next year. If, if that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, San Jose has had. Do you know. The way. To San Jose. Uh, James Reimer might know the way out of San Jose at this point. We'll see what that's going to look like. He is the latest guy to at least publicly say, I'm not wearing the pride Jersey. And I got to be honest with you, man, right up front. I'm just going to say this. This was a bummer for me. You like, you like the, I really like James Reimer. Right. And he was all, and and the, the reason probably was, it was that good, strong Christian background. You're all is. That's interviews. Why I, that's why I don't like him. Yeah, all his interviews were always very professional. Everybody loved James Reimer until they didn't, right? And uh, he ends up, he's in San Jose right now, and they announced it's it's Pride Night. We're we're going to do the, the Pride jersey. 
and we've talked about this a couple times and I, yeah, I'll just tell the good listener, this is where we're going right now. If you've heard our other pride conversations, this won't be particularly surprising to you, but I think it's important because this was a guy and I can't speak for Rob, but as a leaf guy, this was a likable guy, right? Like this is Provorov, whatever. I, I had no dog in that race, right? Did I like him? Did I not? I didn't know much about him. He's been a flyer. He's just a guy. Leaf fans very much loved James Reimer. So Reimer says, I'm not wearing the pride jersey. And he puts out a statement ahead of the game, um, which was different. A lot of these guys have allowed this to either just play out and answer after the fact. There's been no announcement. He says ahead of time, he tells the team, I'm not going to do this. He tells his teammates, I'm not going to do this. He puts out a statement. The team releases that for him and says, yeah, I, I fully support everybody else and their choices and whatever. I won't wear the pride uniform. And the Sharks, by all accounts, to their credit said, okay, we're still going to wear it. And I think this is the way to go. You don't provide the cover that, say, the Rangers or the Wild did, right? We've talked about this in a few different angles, whether it was a Russian thing. Prominent Russians. Yeah, that didn't want to do it, and so none of us will wear it in support of them. Or maybe there's a guy in our room who doesn't want to wear it, so none of us will wear it, and that way that guy doesn't get centered out. And that's one of the things you love about hockey is how team-oriented these guys are. Logan Couture, captain of the Sharks, came out and said, yeah, that was Reimer's choice. The rest of us are wearing this, and if he doesn't want to, that's his call. We're going to do it anyway. And I think that's the right way to do this, isn't it? Like, don't provide cover. We're going to do it because we think this is the right way to do it, and you force someone who won't do it to out themselves, isn't it? Yep, yep. And and to me, the organization has made that move, made that decision, as you as you suggested. Both the organization and the players. Yeah. It, and it, I, I can't, like if you read, and it's on 32 Thoughts on Saturday night, they touched on it and they sort of threw up the, the I believe the Sharks mm-hmm. statement, statement, didn't read it as they normally would, right? You see that on, on Saturday night all the time, right? Where they'll put up some, and they'll read through it yes. and then they'll go and they'll comment on it, right? Yeah. This they sort of threw up the shark. The shark. You can statement. find it online if you. And then want. they said yeah. you can find it online. Yeah. It's like they didn't want to comment on it further, right? It yeah. was. It was really like, yeah, we don't. That's just it's. It's. Do too. you think it was as simple as we kind of like James Reimer? I think yeah. I think it was. We don't want to. We don't want to get into this. What they would perceive to be the stupidity of his comment, and and again, you have a right. James Reimer has the right Mm -hmm. to make whatever statement he... I don't want to do this. That's fine. And and what he said was, I don't want to endorse. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's that's the key, right? Is I don't want to endorse that what? As a Christian, I support all your... I support all of you. You do what you want to do. I won't wear this. You get to do that. But then you get to be subject to everyone else's opinion of it. Right. And so the idea of endorsing what? A lifestyle? Uh, a choice. A choice. I support, that you... I support your choices. Oh, yeah. you've already, yeah. And you've so, already bungled it. So to me, that's the huge issue. 
And then there was this super intriguing Nazim Qadri Muslim night comments. Did you see that? No, I didn't actually. Oh man. So this was in Calgary on Saturday as well? No, it oh. was Reimer dragging Qadri. Oh. In oh, his statements. Oh boy. Into the, you didn't sure. see that? No. Oh my God. I can't I'm believe sure this. Nas loved that. Well, he said, he's like, I'm a Christian. Reimer Na- said this. Yep. Yeah. Nas is a Muslim. Yeah. I love, I love Nas to death. We're great teammates. Yeah. He's like, but I'm not putting on a, a Muslim jersey on, oh, on Muslim night in the NHL, which the NHL has yet to have, he said. No, of course. Yeah. So he's making the comparison to, I love Nas and he's a Muslim, but I don't, I don't embrace his religion. No. Matt's gay. Yeah. And I don't, so I don't, but I'm up, so I'm not going to embrace that, but I love Matt. Yeah. I, it's the, no me, military night. No, like he's never had a problem with that. He's not. And so to me, it is this equation of, I'm not asking you to convert to Islam. That's it. I'm Suddenly ask- putting on the rainbow jersey doesn't make you gay. This is it. <laughs> and it doesn't make you Muslim on your NHL no. Muslim night. But Again, when you doesn't ha- exist. Right. But when you have Black History Appreciation Month or you have games of, uh, there's there was a game here in in February of, it's called, it's, it's just an inclusive yeah. night and it's for everybody, right? And it, do you, if they had a jersey, would you wear that? No, I am a, as a white Christian, I don't, I don't endorse black people or. Right. And he didn't say that. No, of course not. He didn't say (laughs) that, but I'm just saying it's the whole idea of, well, Nas is a Muslim and they haven't had a Muslim night. So why are we doing this? I'm sure the next morning at practice, Nas is like, hey, the reporters are coming in. I don't want any part of this, right? Like, well, of course I, why is, is this guy dragging me into his shit? Dude, I can't believe uh, you didn't see that part. I, of that. I didn't. I didn't see it. Um, it's a bad look, man. This is. Reimer had always been viewed probably and wrongfully, I guess, because of his faith as this just like lovable, friendly. And now it's, it's, yeah, it, it, you can look at, uh, there was some people online who pointed out at, uh, at Philip Grubauer, who, if you look closely, has a cross on his mask. Yep. And then you zoom out and there he is in the pride jersey. Like this, God says, love everybody. No one says wearing the jersey means you're I actually gay. physically have to love right. everybody. It's, it's, it's just... This sucks, man. I, 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 this one was rough for me. I was a rhymer guy, right? And, and this is what people always say, and I'm way too old to fall into this category, but in terms of, you know, idolizing athletes, they'll let you down, man. They, that almost exclusively they're. It's best that you never meet your heroes, yep, Matt. Yep. That's what they'll tell you, right? So this sucked, right? I, I was bummed out to see it. But I do think it was important that we point this one out because the Sharks said and the Sharks roster said it was the organization and the team that said, you are entitled, I guess, to that opinion, but we're doing this and you will set yourself apart as opposed to the Rangers and the Wild who said, oh, we don't want to 
make this a thing. We don't want to throw a wedge between our guys. We just, none of us will wear it. No, the Sharks said, we're doing this. The rest of the players said, we're wearing it. You don't have to wear it. That's your right. But we're doing this and you'll hold yourself out. And that's the way, in my opinion, these things should be held. You have the right to not wear it, but you'll show that for yourself, right? You'll, you'll wear that. Yeah. So singularly we have in the, in the previous times we've talked about this, we've talked about the Russian Orthodox church mm-hmm. and how people stand. Which behind. I don't think Reimer's a member of, but uh, this is, this is where I'm going <laughs> okay. with that. Right. Is, is, is we've said we've vilified guys or in, in last week's episode saying, yeah, okay. They're afraid or the, whatever's happening, whatever the deal is, right. Or using it as a, as a, as a crutch, yep. as a shield. Yep. Reimer doesn't have that. Nope. And so he is just your regular run-of-the-mill run bigot. And and so when you use your religion, and now it doesn't matter. Now it's open to all, mm-hmm. you know, shit-eating grins, <laughs> which he's got, <laughs> that, that you get to hide behind, I don't want to endorse that pointing at whoever it is you're pointing at. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bad look. And and to me, I've said it a bunch of times, and this is my own personal belief, is the problem with religion, it, it, the fundamental ideas of love your neighbor and be good, those things are great. It's when it, when it leads to other things, when it leads to division, which religion so often does, uh-huh. right? That's the problem. That's the problem. You know, be a good member of your community and do these things. If, if that's where it stops, that's great. When it comes to that's wrong because it doesn't jive with what I believe, it's a problem, man. This is a pick and choose situation. A la carte, Matt. Yeah. Religion a la carte. If James Reimer refused to wear clothing made from two different fabrics, if James (laughs) Reimer refused to work on Sundays, if James Reimer did all those sorts of things, you go, all right, at least he's true to his... This is the one I'm going to pick out of the pile. And, uh. What if he was choosing to wear something made of four or five different cloths? Mm. The bisexuality is yeah, Damning, crazy, man. It's damning. But now I'm getting into this whole sort of, <laughs> it's a free for all, Matt. This sucks, man. I'll be honest with you. This one sucked. When I saw that, I was just like, ah, fuck. He's just one of those guys that I always liked, right? And you just. I'm long past the idea of having heroes in the sport of hockey or, or whatever. It's just kind of like, ah, fuck, not you two, right? It's, that's a bummer to me. So I can be your hero, baby. Yeah, no, you can't. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll move off that. We'll talk about, uh, just briefly before we get out of here. Other people getting punched in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think it's going to happen for Robert. You see, uh, (laughs) see flurry trying to get at Bennington. Last week. What a fiasco, man. That whole thing. Well, cause like, doesn't Bennington feel like kind of the hold me back loops, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's just out there trying to start shit, but doesn't actually want shit. For sure he does. And if Marc-Andre Fleury is trying to fight you, like. Yeah. And he's like, the mic'd up. He's like, I want to fucking go with that guy. I yeah, want a piece sure of that guy. Yeah. But I'm sure Fleury does. Yeah. Fleury's oh, good. sorry. I thought you meant Bennington was. Uh, oh, no. Fleury yeah. was mic'd up. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, this is a guy who broke his hand, I believe, in junior. He did fight in junior, break his hand. Yeah, yeah in a fight. And so, to me, Mark Andre Fleury, big grinning guy. But to me, if you listen to him in that in that road to the to the Winter Classic, yeah, yeah. 
he's fucking swearing all the time. He's cursing at people. Yep. Like he's a smiley guy, but I think he's a, he's a competitor. Yeah, a little crazy. Yeah, and I think he want. I think he wanted to go. Well, so it, you probably saw the same thing then on Thirty Two Thoughts on the second intermission of Hockey Night. They said it was because the masks were off, which they're going to be. You're not going to fight somebody yeah, wearing a fucking goalie two, mask. Two goalies, yeah. But you, once the helmets are off, it's a different vibe, right? Like the guys go to. I, I don't know. It just felt yeah, like they were breaking. And, and Ron said. That's good safety. Keep him, yeah. keep him apart. Well, that's wrong for you. So, uh, look, UFC 286 on Saturday. Bit of a lifesaver for those of us who had a rough St. Paddy's Day. A nice 5 p.m. start time. Uh, had uh, had our boy Bunda hook us up as as often as the case with a a link of questionable legality, and uh, it's not questionable at all. But it was a weak card. Great main event. But a weak card. And and we're seeing this more and more, right? As as these things kind of keep turning over. Um if we can go to London with Leon Edwards in the yeah. main event, we don't have to do much underneath. And so and stack it with other English fighters and away sure. you go. And and it panned out okay. Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. Um, this is a rematch from last August. Usman at that point had won 15 in a row as UFC welterweight champion and absolute dominant champion. We were starting to talk about in the same vein that GSP we talk 2.0. about GSP. Doesn't finish people, but it's just so good. Just controls the fight from start to finish, and that's that. In August... Leon Edwards wins round one, landing a couple sweet shots. And then two, three, and four gets mauled by Kamaru Usman. But Usman doesn't finish him, which is always the risk, right? You let somebody hang around, you let him hang around. And in the late stages of the fifth round, Leon Edwards out of nowhere lands a head kick that would have been a good 35-yard field goal. Gabriel Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah, exactly, with, against Krokop. Yeah, that's right. Um, and knocks him out, takes the title. And so there's some question coming into this one. Was it a fluke? Is that a champion who doesn't deserve to have the belt right now? And Usman's just going to maul him again and take it over? You watch the main event. Leon Edwards pretty clearly takes round one. Round two, you could flip a coin if you wanted to. Round three was clearly Usman. He landed a couple of great shots. Plus, he's trying to take down Edwards, and Edwards grabs the cage. In round two, he had also grabbed Usman's gloves, so he had gotten a warning there. And in round three, by grabbing the cage, like we're taking a point away. Round four and five, though, are clearly Edwards again. But nobody gets finished. And... I wonder, you know, I, I assume you didn't have a chance to to catch the full fight. No, I watched the highlights. Yeah. I did some reading, yep. Yeah. It's, when you have a champion like Usman, who goes 15 fights undefeated, and then loses in what you could question, last August, maybe it was kind of fluky. It was a home run. It was a, it was a Hail Mary. It was a Hail Mary. It absolutely was. This time he comes out, it's a very close fight. But you're not the champ anymore, right? The ability to be close and kind of maul people, but not really. You got to take the belt off him now, right? Like you're not the. You got to beat the champ. To be the man, you got to yep. beat the man, yep. right? And that, that's not what happened here. Yep. And I, I just wonder for people who thought Edwards might have been a fluky champion 
that it, you know maybe he didn't earn completely his win in August. He didn't finish Usman here either, but he has the champion's advantage. Like, is he, in your opinion, legit now? Well, so the thing, there's two things here. Yeah. And and, and I'm really going to turn it back to you uh-huh. as the guy who saw the fight. But what happens is when you are this um, undefeatable yeah. champion that Kamaru Usman was. Right. Right. You have that sort of aura about you. Mm-hmm. And then when it's gone, sometimes it's gone. You're just a challenger now. You're just a guy. And it's just poof. That that air of of invincibility that you had is gone. And not just for other people, but for, for you. you. Yeah. Right? It's like he bleeds. Mm-hmm. Right? That whole thing, right? You're like he's just a man. Yep. And it's a great Rocky Four reference from 1983 <laughs> for all you old timers. Great year. But yeah, for sure it is. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing but greatness. Uh, but so it comes down to um, the other part is this was the trilogy fight. Yeah. Right? Like Usman demolished him yeah, in, in the, the first, first fight yeah. in 2015. Yeah, it's a while back. Yeah. 2016, yeah. whatever it was. And then you had the, he was handily defeating. Um, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. Right, but in in the second fight, he was clearly winning. Yes. Clearly winning, head kick, bam, which is that whole, like, like think about for you sort of fringe age listeners, the GSP Matthews head kick, mm-hmm. right, which was in the second fight. They sign up for the third fight, GSP dominates Hughes, yep. and Hughes is like, fuck it, man, that guy's just kicking my ass now. Yeah. I'm going to leave this. Was this fight good enough as a trilogy fight? You rarely see the fourth fight. No. And so to me, the question is as a majority decision, Mm -hmm. not even a complete, yeah, not unanimous decision. Is this enough to see a fourth fight for you? No, I, I don't think it is yet, right? Or not right now. Because they said, oh, the second fight was an instant rematch. And I'm like, instant rematch from August to February. That doesn't yeah. seem... Well, but nobody fought in between. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's weird. That yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, and, and you're so right, man. When you point out, Usman had that fight won, and so often, with two, three minutes to go in the fifth round, the guy with the lead just tries to wrestle you to the cage or take you to the ground and just wind down the clock right for whatever reason that didn't happen no and, fear and edwards yeah he let his guard uh uzman let his guard down and edwards is like i'm gonna take a shot at it through the kick knocked him out and he's the champ i'm the champ holy shit and you saw that in my opinion in this fight edwards walked in feeling like a champion he wasn't nervous he wasn't worried right. about uzman and uzman's game isn't the power. It isn't the knockout. And he kept trying to take down Edwards and Edwards knew that was coming. He kept sprawling properly. He kept backing away properly. He would not sprawl and brawl, baby would not get taken down. Right. And he held that all the way through. And so it's totally like, if this is the fight that we had seen in August, I think Usman holds his belt. It's close enough that you don't take the title from the champ off the champ. But Edwards is the champ here. And Usman didn't do enough to take it back. And so that was fascinating to me to just watch that particular dynamic. And as it went on and on, Edwards didn't really have that same home run swing in the fifth round to try and get that done. He kept trying for the takedowns. It wasn't there. 
Um, it was an interesting fight, man, but I, I, I don't think it was enough. Like at the same time, Edwards doesn't come out and completely give you that this wasn't a fluke, right? This he fought well, but if he finishes Usman again, you eliminate completely this question as to whether or not you were a fluke. Um, but nobody likes the fourth fight. The fourth no. fight doesn't have no. The only time I've ever seen a work was just like last year with Moreno um, in that flyweight division, and it it rarely works. It rarely works. No one wants to see it again. So by all accounts, they're going to go do Edwards versus Colby Covington. Yep. That's fine, I guess. I probably would have done Bilal Muhammad and, and gotten a new name in the mix there, but fair mm. enough. We've got Gilbert Burns versus uh, Jorge, Jorge Masvidal coming up. Like, there's some turnover here. Everyone in that division got a fresh lease on life by having Leon Edwards win again because Usman's already beaten all of them, right? So they don't get another title shot. But if it's Edwards, he ha- he hasn't beaten them. So all those guys can now get to... You're back. It's a new life to the yeah, welterweight division. That's right, man. That's that's the way the shakes loose. So I, Kobe's not what I would have done. I either would have done Bilal Muhammad or the winner next month of Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal. But for whatever reason, Dana didn't wait. He uh, stepped up on Saturday night and said right away, no, it's going to be Kobe next. And The BMF? Where's the... Uh, yeah, I don't know, man, what that's going to look like. Do we it's, still have that? Do we still have yeah, the BMF The BMF award? title? Yeah. It's, <laughs> Apparently not, so... But that, that's... You talked about, I think you and... Uh, Bunda. You and you and Bunda talked about the idea of of the of the names of, of that sort of the... The untouchable class, that sort of... They've become, all been removed. Have, have become tarnished over the... Yep. And Kamaru Usman is 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 got to be leading that class, 100%, right? 100%, man. In terms of Also, guys. Shevchenko and Amanda Nunez and uh, Israel Adesanya and Charles Oliveira. Like, all of these guys have been knocked off. Well, and Adesanya and, and Usman are, are, are so closely connected yep. too, right? In yep. terms of... But yeah, just how that has... And to me, yeah, the luster comes off of Usman... Hundred percent. Once you've lost two in a row, you're just a guy now. You're just someone else in the division. Just doing it, just, Workman. And after 15 straight, you're like, "That's fuck, it, man. Yeah. What have yeah. you done for me lately?" Um, I know he didn't have a chance to, to check it out when Bunda was in here on the the Friday show. While we teed up this UFC event. He brought a beer with him from Mister Chris Stevenson. Uh, to, the whole 17. Are you serious? From the Rito View. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I had to, I sent the audio to, uh, to CJ because when I opened mine, it would not stop. It just foamed and foamed and foamed. I was wearing it. I was trying to chug as it was coming at me. <laughs> it would not stop foaming. <laughs> and so this was like this, I said to Bun, I'm like, you don't understand, man. This is a legendary beer around these parts, right? That CJ promised us. And I guess CJ dropped off a few to the station when he was in there. So he grabbed two. He brought them in here, not knowing. Yeah. And, uh. So I only got to drink about half of it. The other half was on me, right? Like, <laughs> okay. So this clearly, this clearly is what you were referring to pre-show. That was what I said. Yeah. You may not love that, uh, that it happened. Um, okay. it, it's half IPA, half Pilsner. Like the part that I drank was great. The half that was all over my shirt wasn't great. It was a little clingy, man. I was being a little showy in here. <laughs> so this is, this is, uh, with hops grown on the 17th. On the 17th hole. Tea. Yes. Yeah. All at right. the uh, read of you, uh, golf course. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I texted CJ and said, you know, what's up? Like, why is, why is Bunda bringing these in? We don't have a, 
He's like, well, I don't know. This summer, we're, though, we're going to do a Honey Brown. Maybe I can bring that in. Like, all right. Well. well, and they're also doing a gin, I think. Yeah, I've heard that, actually. I enjoy a gin. Uh, you you do. And you would so, be the guy to, to sample right. that. Well, when when CJ comes back. Yeah, we'll hook that up. I, I You'll would, do the gin. I'll I, do the Honey I, Brown. I, I would like to be on that show. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll get reacquainted here, and we can talk about stories of... CJ, CJ Diss in the Diss in the Greater Peterborough area and and me taking I'm down for that show. Yeah. Me taking up issue and actually taking pen to paper and writing a letter to the newspaper. Yes. How fucking old are you, man? Like I'm some kind of triathlete. Op ed, yeah. And I gotta put it in an envelope and a stamp and I'm gonna take it someplace. <laughs> and that what actually happened. It actually happened. Wrote I wrote it up on his typewriter. I was moved. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was thinking more of like a, you know. Yeah. Flint and, you know, <laughs> etching it out onto something, yeah. you know, like one of the commandments. But um, I'm not as old as CJ. No. But um, I would, uh, yeah, I'd like to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, I think he owes us an explanation here. He absolutely owes us yeah. an explanation. Yeah. All right. Well, wind this one down here. Uh, stick around, like I said, at minimum, Andrew Stoughton. At maximum, Andrew Stoughton and Nick Ashburn coming on later this week. Stoughton's good, though. If, if it of comes course, down to it's, it's, it's Guy a, brings it's the good, good shit. Get. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And uh, I think the Blue Jays happy hour and talking and audio are ripe for a crossover, though. Seems That's, like it seems like a bit of a bit of a marriage made in heaven there. Absolutely. So uh, we'll wind this one down here. For Rob, my name's Matt. We're on social media at talking Audio. And uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. And uh, with that, we're out. We'll talk to you a little later in the week. See ya. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> the hell is that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?